Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this week's episode <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims I'm your host Jamie and I'm joined by Melly Yes And Stephen Hello Take five <laughs> Bang on with it Listen if you like this podcast Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is the place where you can get extra writing Extra podcasts and extra videos The link is in the bio And I'm not going to elaborate any further Because this is take five of getting this podcast right <laughs> And every single time I've stumbled over the Patreon Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims Probably just put a, pop a link down here, shall we? It's yeah, a bit simpler. Prevent yeah. me from yeah. saying it. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about it on the podcast for a while and it's been rumoured for a while, but Juranovic is finally gone. Officially, good night, sweet prince yeah. now. Mm. Yeah. Um, £10 million to Union Berlin. Now, when we were first talking about this transfer, it was like seven odd million quid to Monza. And we were curious about that one. We thought that didn't really make sense. But to me, Melly, the Bundesliga, Juranovic, £10 million quid, all kind of stacks up. Yeah, I think this one makes sense for all parties involved. Celtic have already got a replacement in who seems to be a good player. They've had 18 months of a very good player and they're getting a very good fee What before we, four times what we paid yeah. for the guy. So the £7.5 million with £2.5 million add-ons, probably very realistic add-ons, I'd yeah. say, if Herfa Berlin Union Berlin are flying high in the Bundesliga. And look, they're not the most storied club in the world, but over the past couple of seasons, they have been a very good team competing in the Europa League this year. They're up there. Herfa Berlin are having a terrible time of it and Union Berlin are flying. I've been to one of their games before, cracking atmosphere. They've got a bigger stadium now, so they're all set to be mm. the biggest club in uh, that city. And Look, I'm happy for Juranovic. I think this one makes sense for all parties. He's going to a very good league, going to a very good team. And he's at the stage of his career where it's probably last chance saloon for mm. him for a big move like this. Celtic have got very good use out the guy. He was very popular and I thought, oh, it'll be fine, we've got the replacement and all that. It's not until you see him leaving and you see the goodbyes, yeah. you think, ah, he was a very popular guy. Because of that, he's a very popular guy because he's a very good footballer as well. They're hard to come by as we've seen over the last few years because I'm still scarred by guys like John Joe Kenny. But <laughs> yes. my, my, uh, Alistair Johnson looks like a very good player. So, Good, good move on all parts, but I just, I'll always have a wee place in my heart for Juranovic because he was a very good player. Uh, Stephen, they're joint fourth in the Bundesliga, which surprised me because Union Berlin have always been a sort of smaller team to me with my vague knowledge of the Bundesliga. But when I had a look today, um, doing the research for the podcast, joint fourth with a team called 
uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. <laughs> right, that rings uh, a distant bell. Where have I heard that name before? Can I remember? Uh, uh, that's a, a, a distant memory <laughs> there <laughs> somewhere. I, <laughs> Still got the shirt next door. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah, uh, yeah it, it does seem like a good move because Union Berlin, they're not one of the traditional European giants or anything like that, right? So everyone looks at it, don't quite recognise the history of the, the club and think, well, that's a backward step or anything like that. But we need to be realistic. It mm. is, it's a club that have been making moves towards regular Champions League at least European qualification as it stands are still in Europe this season yeah. so they, they have been making big moves in, in recent years uh, a team in the Bundesliga which is it's not the it's not the best league in the world but it's, it's one of it's in the conversation for yeah. it um, a, a club like that where they're not mid-table they're in with a genuine shout of Champions League if not as I say European qualification uh, regularly that's as high as he was ever going to go. Yeah. I think. I think that's a, a good move. I don't think any of the previous you know, situations we were talking about, Man United, Chelsea, and Atletico Madrid, were ever really realistic. And even if they were, right, it, that reminds me of a conversation we had very recently about Stephen Welsh. Say he had gone to Man United, right? Say that that all equal, they had offered seven point five or whatever as yeah. plus add-ons, and he'd gone to Man United. So what? Like, so see if he'd gone down there and become third choice right back behind Diogo Dalo and Aaron Wan Bissaka. Is that really being? Is that is that ambitious? Is yeah. that going to a, a club so you can tick big club? Right. That's that's what I've seen. He wants to go and play football, and he wants to go and play at a decent level, which the Bundesliga and you know potentially in Europe undeniably is. It's a good move for all all parties, and I can't really disagree with anything Ann said on the subject. He was mm. fairly fairly honest and you know he seemed ha he seemed genuinely happy for Yananovic and he was presented with a decent opportunity at this stage of his career so I can't find it in me to, to moan about this Ever Celtic have done everything right they've got a replacement in they've yeah. you know they've basically weird in it I yeah know, it makes I a know. change it really does make a change <laughs> exactly normally we'd be moaning about selling these players off and scrambling you know, about in deadline day to bring in a loan a loan yeah, yeah. just some loan who isn't getting a, a we game we always loan, seem to loan fullbacks Aye, and particularly in January as yeah. well like we'd be scrabbling around looking for who's not getting a game for Burnley or something like that at the time let's get him in so Celtic have done everything right here a wee bit of disappointment out there about the level of fee but again see if you take everything into account right? his age is something right but we've spoken about that before he's on a long contract yes but I think it was always going to be slightly unrealistic for Celtic to take a 26 year old footballer for 2.5 million and spin him into this 15, 20 million, whatever the, the, yeah. the, whatever the fees were being quoted out there in 18 months. I just don't think that's realistic because I would have to ask, what would that be based on? He played in the Champions League. Yeah, he did. But what everyone was saying at the time about that is that the lasting image of him in the Champions League was being absolutely toasted by a Mudrick. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that was the big problem there. So I think... 7.4 or 5 just on just before you move on that I'm reminded of those conversations online as if Mudrick's a nobody who uh, just yeah. recently would he go to 100 uh, million nine, euros uh, to Chelsea so uh, he's just made his debut and it was, it was tremendous I remember the well. people like just stick a foot in <laughs> just catch him and stick a foot in aye alright okay. okay mate right. so, so fastest kid alive that's <laughs> right so it's 7.4 fastest fuck boy <laughs> <laughs> so, 7.4 million rising potentially rising to 10 I mean add-ons are add-ons they're not they're not built into the deal mm. by any means I don't know what they are but 7.5 to 10 million is alright it's not mind blowing yeah. but it's not a disappointment either for uh, me really I mean, he's left a big club in a small league and went to a small club in a big league yeah, ba well, basically and, and I'm afraid that that's, a good, that's a really good point because we need to be realistic about that we need to be realistic about the the trappings of 
still to being stuck in Scottish football. Mm. And I know that sounds really disrespectful to Scottish football, but I'm purely looking at it from the point of view of being able to retain players when those these opportunities arise. And it's just, it's something we're going to, if we're not already used to it, we, we really need in to. In a sense, Juranovic is a bit of a special case as far as players go, because we'll, we'll go to Angie's comments in a minute, because I think there's some stuff to read in that. Mm. But it's no often you sign a player who at 27, 28 still hasn't peaked. Yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. if we bring in a guy at that that level you think right well he's going to be at Celtic for the rest of his career give him what age he is it's no often but I think Juranovic is a unique case insofar as he's a bit of a late bloomer and maybe aye, he aye. kind of regrets not being as ambitious as he should have been earlier on in his career you know he maybe was found himself at clubs where he was quite happy making a decent way he's legit I'm quite happy but then the last couple of years he's like no I really need to you know, age is catching up on us all, including Josip Juranovic. He's like, I really need to push the boat out here to see exactly how far I can go. And one thing about Josip is that we need to remember is he was instrumental last season. Oh, I, I mean, that last, I think looking back now, it's only now, but last we all knew how important last season was. But just looking back at the effort that that must have taken to take the club from where it was found, the state of the squad, the players that were there, the players that left, the, the man, all that. From where the club was to drag it up to being champions again, even that tumultuous start to the season, it was Juranovic was a key player for us in so many games. Oh, he definitely was. And when you see the wee videos made up of his time at Celtic, you go, boy, he was fast as well. And it just shows yeah. how fast Mudric was as well. But great player. And in the grand scale of things, a great player for mm. what he'd done for Celtic to come in when there was turmoil, when uh, what are we going to do here? We need a whole new defence, midfield, and strike force as well but he came in and just made a position of his own and looked like he's been at Celtic for mm. years came in and just done it played it left back didn't phase him either did very well there and you're looking at him again the 3-0 game against Rangers in February that was instrumental in everything Celtic done could say he was man of the match that night I know Hattati stole the show with the two goals but he was flawless that night absolutely brilliant and he done it against Rangers which is the sort of Milestone, we all look at these players mm. and say, can you do it in these games? Europe, he was decent as well last season. Scored a Penenka away to Bayer Leverkusen as well. Very good player for Celtic. Very good fee. Sad to see him go, but this is the way it should be. The way it should be, we should get players in, get maximum value for them and replace them. Celtic have done it all the right way. Juranovic has done what's right for him in his career. So, good deal all round. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the deal, to be honest, Stephen. As I say, I would have been disappointed because I thought, oh, could compete with Monza, but it's 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 a strong league. He's obviously getting more money. and Crank City. Crank City. And as Melly said... 2.5 million into 10 million is, is is decent business for Celtic and we've already got the replacement in this in the shape of AJ. So how the squad progresses from here, I, I think in the right back department we're, we're pretty solid for, yeah, the, yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, Don't forget I, Ralston as well, because Angie's been well, keen, yeah, he's yeah. been keen to Don't remind us. Yeah, no. He's been keen to remind us of the fact that Ralston is very much part of these these plans mm. as well. And I did note with interest that basically the confirmation or the suggestion that the, of the confirmation that of something we've been speculating yeah. about along all along about how last season was about getting experienced older guys in to get the job done to get the club back on track that that's what was done and now we're kind of moving these guys on and bringing in younger players that's what we've been kind of wondering yeah. all along and that's basically been all but said in the well, last week well, or so well, mate, continue. on Juranovic himself he said um, the Bundesliga is intense and robust which suits my game in Berlin I want to improve even more and take the next step in my career do you think you sort of touched on it earlier on Stephen do you think this is the peak for Juranovic, do you think there's another move in him in another 18 months' time, another year's time? Do you think this is this is the peak of Juranovic's career at the moment? He's settled in 
Union Berlin Bundesliga or can he, do you think he can get a, get a better move after this no I, I don't think so if I'm honest uh, not at this point I think you look at someone like Frimpong who's made a very similar move to uh, albeit like a bigger or more kind of historied Bundesliga club but he's moved to the Bundesliga and he's been there for a wee while now so if even if Juranovic was to outperform Frimpong, which I think is probably unlikely because Frimpong's been linked to all sorts of moves as well. He's been he's been pulling up trees over in the Bundesliga. Even if he was to do that, he would then be kind of the wrong side of 30 looking to make another move. Because I, I saw some some chat online as well about how, you know, asking have Celtic secured like a, a sell-on percentage for Juranovic and I'm like well, that would be crazy. Why would you take yeah. that? Because that would be in lieu of a better fee. You would you would <laughs> yes. you would substitute some of the fee in order to take a sell on no, take the money now thanks yeah, it's 28 yeah, exactly so <laughs> you, you you don't do that you don't organise a sell on percentage for a guy who's 28 that's not mm. how that works at all so no I'd be amazed if he makes it I hope it does like, good, all the best have at it I, I, I just, just want to correct something because as I was googling there I did say they were joint third or joint fourth earlier on something's changed since I last looked at the Bundesliga I don't know what but they're actually joint second they're five mm, points yeah, behind yeah they're only five points behind Bayern they're five points behind Bayern as we sit and record this um, Stephen said he agreed with Ange Ange's comments I thought were quite telling Melly he said he's 28 and he hasn't got to the highest level until late in his career and he just wants to maximise his opportunities which is fair enough but the key for me when Ange said and to be honest I agree with him we have a short career and are I you thought, reading these? Uh, no 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 I'm, I'm not uh, they're right, right off the top of my head um, no, come on I'm not good I'm not that good um, I, uh, we could get a teleprompter behind me okay. like, if, you, if, you, if you wanted to avoid that Um there's a lot of parallels, isn't there, maybe between how Ange sees his own career and how Ange sees Juranovic's career. Ange says it was always an ambition of his to manage at a big club, manage in Europe. He's starting to get noticed, starting to get notoriety at Celtic. He's managing the Champions League. He's quite late in his career as well. Do you think there's, I think he was telling us something there? Potentially, yeah. Mm. I, as a worry, but at the end of the day, it's going to be inevitable that Ange Postacoglu leaves Celtic. And if he does leave, we want him to leave on a high. We spoke when Brendan Rodgers came in. Stephen said, look, he's going to have suitors. If he does leave, it'll be because he does a very good job at Celtic. Ange Postacoglu is doing a very, very good job at Celtic. He has turned around a team in turmoil and got them to Champions, Champions League and built a really, really good squad. Teams will be looking at that going, we're in a mess right now. Who can who can change that? And remember, Ange Postacoglu came in here and done it himself, done it himself. So there will be suitors there for him. We just hope that if he does go on, it is to bigger and better things. But don't do the Brendan Rodgers and go out the back door. Get the job done here first because, look, you, you wish these guys well when they move on. We can't bring in players and even managers and go they need to be ambitious they need to know what they want need all this and then as soon as another club comes in for them where they can match bigger ambitions for them go now nah, cut your ambition here yeah. we want um, players and managers to come in do the best they can and maybe move on with the best of wishes it's going to be difficult I love Ange possibly up there with Martin O'Neill about managers I've loved so much but it's going to be inevitable he leaves if he does leave we want him to have dominated Scottish football uh, well that, and he's well in the process it. well that's it I, I, I might be this might be slightly controversial Stephen right but okay so these clubs as we know now everyone kind of knows the score with players and managers there's hardly any secrets in the game anymore so people will have known before Celtic appointed him that Andrew was a, a good football manager and a competent football manager and yes he did bring Celtic back to where they needed to be he had the show in the Champions League we did okay in the Champions League given given the, the opposition we're against. But sometimes I do wonder if Ange wants to kick on to that next step in his career, 
does he have to approach what Brendan Rodgers does he have to dominate Scottish football not just win a league and a cup he needs to win a treble he needs to maybe win back to back he needs to win three leagues in a row I think he just has to do a bit more than just win the league doesn't he there needs to be garnish well maybe for, for English yeah. for English what I mean is I don't mean for us I don't mean for what we want but I mean for these big English clubs to come looking because look Brent, look what Brendan Rodgers did no he got was a Leicester it, you took words right out of my mouth yeah, that, yeah that's exactly what I was about to say look Brendan Rodgers did dominate Scottish football to an unprecedented level mm. uh, just won every trophy in front of him and only got to Leicester and Leicester's fine Leicester's a, a yeah. decent move You know, he did well there as well he won a cup and it's all gone all gone kind of pear shape now but it depends what depends what opportunities arise for Ange he might not have to do that he might be he may have just good enough stock with the right people mm -hmm. that that these opportunities might come calling, and there's a whole world outside England, of course. We oh, need yeah. to consider that Ange, you know, he's not he's he's an Australian guy who married, managed in Japan. He's not he's not presumably this sort of tunnel vision where it's you come to Scotland and hopefully you get a job in England. I think he's a bit like, well, forget I could get a job in Italy, in Spain, Germany. There's maybe, he, but here's why we shouldn't shy away from talking about England as a mm. as a pinnacle. England has fast becoming the the go to that it's the coaches league. Oh, all yeah. the, all oh, the yeah. best coaches yeah. are going there, right? So. Even Gerard, <laughs> Frank Lampard is Frank no, uh, Lampard. Just to clarify, I wasn't dismissing England on that. What I'm saying is, I don't think Ange, if Ange got a good offer from abroad, I don't think he would sit at Celtic waiting for England to pick up the phone. No, I think he's, no, he's, yeah, he's, he would be open to the whole yeah. world. And on his comments, um, yeah, as, as I say, he's just talking about, he's basically just describing being a professional, really. I don't think he's really telling us anything. He's not being slicky. He's not like issuing, come and get me, please, to English teams or no. anything like that. I think what he's just doing... But is he prepping us, the fans? Well, I think he's basically just giving us further insight into how he thinks. Mm. That That's how he sees the game. That's how he, he's a professional football manager at the end of the day. Yeah, we're all mad fans and all that, right? So that's how we look at things. But he's a professional football manager and he knows that if he does well, opportunities will arise and on the subject of England right? people will say that no, he should only leave for a big club and all that but again I don't even really know what that means in yeah. this day and age right? I don't think there's any chance of him getting a Liverpool or anything like that straight from Celtic right? I don't think that'll happen See to be brutally honest let me ask you a question right? brutal honesty here as, as, as fans of Celtic and fans of Scottish football and I'm not talking specifically about Ange I'm going anywhere right? I'm talking about perception so before you crack up in the comments I'm not going to say for example Burnley are a bigger football club than Celtic. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, as far as opportunities go and how people see it and as far as bigs moves go, is every single club bar anyone who's almost guaranteed to get relegated a big job in the English Premier League, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as in, and here's why. Like, to, to finish where I was going with that, because mm. that, that's, that's a good... Uh, kind of addendum, mm. <laughs> a good sort of sidetrack to that. Why I'm here. But, <laughs> what, what I was about to say is that See, if you were to, let's say, Everton, I don't think is a good, a good shout. Because, I mean, we're only talking about this because of, of his comments and because Frank Lampard has been sacked. So the yeah. first domino has fallen in England. It's fun so, to speculate. Yeah, so the, the, the opportunities will start arising. You look at clubs like Brentford and Brighton and people scoff at things like that. It's got a oh, tiny club, tin pot and all that thing. But you're, you're not convincing me that if, should that come up, say Brighton come up, right? And here's the pitch to Ange You can finally take your brand of football, your methods, your coaching, and and put it up against Pep Guardiola, against Jurgen Klopp, against Antonio Conte, against Ten Hag, against mm. Unai Emery. All the, these Lopetegui, are the guys. Lopetegui, Wolves. Yeah, Lopetegui, David Moyes, David, David <laughs> Moyes, Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> these are the guys you're going to be facing every single week, right? 
we're going to back you. We're going to put everything behind you. We've got a structure in place to give you the best chance of success against these guys. You're not convincing me that that's not an appeal for somebody like Ange Postecoglou. If you don't think he would do that, and I'm not saying he's leaving tomorrow for Brentford. That is categorically not what I'm saying. What I'm and saying we're not saying Brentford are a bigger club than Celtic no, either. No, again, but that that again that doesn't really we shouldn't matter. Correct people because see when they get angry in the comments, it boosts algorithm and <laughs> yeah. it, it increases uh, our views on YouTube. But, but that's the big club thing is completely out of this conversation. Yeah. What I'm talking about is the challenge at hand that would be in Ange Postecoglou's road if he was if he were to take a job like that. All the structures already there for these guys, for the coaches, for the recruitment, the the, the database recruitment that they, all these clubs do. They're all built. They're all geared towards some sort of success mm. in the Premier League whether that's staying in it whether it's winning a cup whatever it is but the main appeal there for me is him going up against the literally the best coaches in the world on a, a weekly basis and finally being able to take his methods and go and do that this isn't going to happen tomorrow I certainly hope not no. <laughs> well, hope not. oh god we've said that in this podcast <laughs> but, before <laughs> but that will come one day that will come and it will be as Melly said mm. as a result of the performances put in at Celtic that's that's the that's the reality we live in mm. if people are good here and they perform above expectations they will be noticed so I, I just the thing is like, if you're still getting disappointed after we went through what we went through with Brendan Rodgers mm. and Kieran Tierney and Moussa Dembele and uh, yeah. Edouard, all these guys leaving if you're still saying no he wouldn't leave he, there's no way he'd leave <laughs> this is, I'm afraid this is very much a you problem <laughs> <laughs> you're still yeah. getting disappointed by this but Hopefully, none of that matters. Now, every single word mm. that I said was completely ridiculous, there, and he stays forever and mm. ever and ever, and he's our dad for the rest <laughs> of the time, basically. <laughs> right. So, there's one guy who has been more perturbed than us on uh, Celtic's transfer stuff. Um, now, there's a, a long running segment on this podcast called Just Saying Stuff. Um, where pundits and journalists just say stuff, and it doesn't really make it doesn't really make any yeah. sense at all. I had a look for the the column by Chris Commons. It's since been pulled, um, or maybe they've taken it down to edit it or something. I couldn't find it, but he said he is surprised. Um, well, I'll, well, let me talk you through the bastardization of football comment right, in right. Scot as far as Scotland goes. So Chris Commons said he was surprised that he doesn't see enough rotation in the Celtic team he wants rotation in the Celtic team the way that Brendan Rodgers did and I thought that's ironic because Brendan Rodgers rotated you right out of the club <laughs> without kicking a ball <laughs> for us you yeah. got wheeled out at the last day of the season like some sort of carny to wave to everyone before you get papped off the hibs or whatever the golf course you're on right now right so there's all this uproar about it and then the, the another newspaper because what they do is he writes for the Daily Mail right and then the, the Daily Record clip it and he said Celtic's um Chris Commons has major concerns over recruitment and feels similar deals that brought Mo Bangura and Stefan Spigepovic to the club could be on the horizon. Okay. Oh, right. He said nothing of the sort. So, <laughs> right, right, so okay. not only has Chris Commons made a dumb point, on the, <laughs> uh, uh, well, an apparent dumb point, right, to get a headline. The Daily Record has grabbed it and turned it into something else entirely to get you more angry. So the Daily Record have read... The, the Daily Record have kind of done this thing where they've edited another newspaper's column so they've went nah not angry enough adding, <laughs> adding flops right so uh, Celtic's record with signing forwards has been but then as I sorry as I dug into Chris Commons' own comments I found myself starting to kind of agree He's the problem right. is it's a very lukewarm take he's not saying much so I can see why the editors had to spice up so I'll, I'll let me read it out to you and let me know what you think right 
Celtic's record I'm reading this again Celtic's <laughs> records uh, with forwards and the problem is when I look down I get that double chin thing the camera can pick up um, <laughs> right, so, uh, Melly hold that up for yeah. us. <laughs> thanks very much uh, Celtic's records with signing forwards in the last decade has been patchy at best for every Gary Hooper there have been several like Mo Bangura and Stepan's, Stefan Skepovic which is true he says even talented players like Timo Pukki never showed their best in a green and white jersey so I can understand the going concern among supporters when a success story like Yakimakis seems to be leaving the club and that's that's, well, I, that's kind of fair a enough very similar point yeah. to you made recently yeah, very yeah, similar yeah. point he goes listen I'm a fan that's why you two get one that's why me and Chris <laughs> same handicap um, he also played half a season last year and ended up as a Premier League's joint top scorer he's again give him a run the team and his confidence will grow don't know where that comes from and he'd probably score 25 goals his only problem is and this would I think is key He's not Kyogo Furuhashi, a player who Ange clearly sees as number one. So no matter what Yakimakis does, it's clear that he's always going to be second fiddle to the Japanese forward. I'm sure money comes into it, but at 28, Yakimakis should feel like he's starting every week. And I thought to myself, there's not an awful lot really to... The, mm. the, the meat and bones of Chris Common's point there about why Yakimakis might be leaving is fair enough. They've just framed it as something to get Celtic fans, Celtic fans angry. So do you agree with Chris Common's, Melly? Uh, when I seen the headline, I thought, oh, Chris. Yeah. But uh, on that, I, it seems fair. But at the same time, Yakimakis and the, the whole rotation thing, it's not as if he doesn't play. Yes, Kyogo has started every game since the restart, but that's because there was rumblings about Yakimakis wanting to go. Mm. Before that, they were Kyogo was probably first choice, but Celtic play up to 60 games a season sometimes, so he could see himself playing half of those games. And, and he was injured last season as well, we need to yeah, remember yeah. that, which yeah. is another reason. And so he came back and done very well, but Kyogo done brilliant as well. Celtic had two good strikers going at it, and as I always say, competition kills complacency, and if a guy's not willing to stay and fight for his place and back himself to be a better player mm. than Kyogo, then... He wants to go, we can let him go and replace him. But well, Chris, it's, it's not the worst point, but mm. make it better. Yeah, make it better, Stephen. <laughs> I think there is there is something in this, but the fact of the matter is, Yakimakis will have been told, Hugo's my guy, but there will be plenty of playing time for you here. And Ange touched on that as well in his comments uh, just about the St Mirren game earlier in the week. He says, look, you don't get guaranteed game time no, no. at a big club. If you want guaranteed game time, go to somewhere where the squad is weaker and you'll play every single week. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to decide if I... I agree with Chris Commons or not, but I believe the take has now become so lukewarm in my head. I can't actually it's, remember the point he's trying to make. It's, yeah. it's so tepid. I can't. I can't decide if I agree or not with him. It just. It's a weird thing to be coming away with, though, that there's not enough rotation in mm. the squad because. A month from now, we'll be talking about how there's too much rotation. Yeah, we had five different lineups last five games. <laughs> right, right, okay. And I think Kyogo scored 20 goals this season. It's January. How many goals has he scored this week? Aye, four. Uh, four. <laughs> he's, he's got four goals this week, 20 in total this season. It's a tough spot. I, I sympathise with Yakimakis, and we all like him, and we all you know, really enjoyed his contribution. I say enjoyed as if he's already gone, but he's you know we one foot at the door. The Gans even alluded to the fact that he's got I think several things going on in the background, yes. so to get the weekend off right. So I th reading between the lines, he's all but gone. But I sympathise with him. But truth to be told, that's football. I'm afraid. Like Kyogo mm. has been in red hot form all season. Um, I mean, this is the odd chance here and there, but 20 goals by January. See if, see if he scores 35 goals this season, will everyone shut up about the chances he, he misses? ridiculous. <laughs> 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 no. I mean, no matter who, as you say, the form Kyo goes in, no yeah. matter who else was at the club, they'd be struggling yeah. to get a look in. Oh, definitely. You can't argue with the guys. Uh, 
Yeah, we talk about the sort of misses chances, but he's scoring half chances now. Yeah. He's not missing chances. So Kyogo has been on fire and it's up to Jackie Marcus to win his place. He's came on in games and looked poor. He's came on in games and looked great. The, what was it? The St. Johnston game recently came on and uh, could have had a hat-trick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Skipped the bar. So like, I always think you're better having two good strikers. We can't be having this where it's only one striker because then like if last season, if Kyogo gets injured, we need somebody else to come in and last season, both of them get injured at the same time. And I mean, we're it looks really like struggling. we've got another striker coming in. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, fittingly in... Uh, well, what I think me and Melly are both afraid to try and pronounce his name. That's why <laughs> Melly just went, yes, Jamie, we do. So, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> leave it, Stephen. <laughs> fittingly uh, for the Daily Mail, Chris mm. Commons is actually making a very conservative point, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Because I, I, well, I agree on the surface of things that to get rid of Yakimakis presents a, a great deal of risk in replacing, mm. right? That's always the case. That That is always the case. And particularly with Celtic and strikers, I agree with what he said there because the record, check the record, bud. Yep. Look at the players we've had over the last 10 years or so, even more. But I don't I don't see how that applies now. It's a, it's a different era. We're not, we're not really making these same types of... Transfers, we're not making this same type of recruitment yes. mistakes. I don't, we're not doing the Hail Mary thing anymore. No, and, and again, huge, there's huge risk. We, we always were aware that if you increase the, the churn, the turnover mm. in the squad, with that comes greater risk because the more players you bring in, the more chance of the, there is of them not working out. So he's right there, but that doesn't mean you don't do it. That doesn't mean you don't take the risk because with that risk comes reward if, if you do pull it off. If you get rid of Yakimakis now, who, again, we've spoken about it so many times recently, 28 years old, probably passing into his peak value about to go over the other side of that if you get rid of him for a decent fee and bring in a 21 year old guy from South Korea if he hits the ground running in the same way that all of these players have and yeah. we've had two debuts again this week as well we've had what, is that five players in this window alone mm. and they've all played More some, or less, some part yeah. or other so far so I, I, I'm not afraid of that I'm not afraid of having brought in another oh it's a big, bit of a risky sign and I don't, I don't see any any reason to be you know, doubtful of that because of the recent track record of it. The, the fact is, we need to do this now. We need to we need to keep this this transfer churn going. And well, Chris Commons would probably have his stop that altogether and just keep the same players all the time because there's less risk in that. It's not feasible. It's not realistic. I mean, it would just be great if we didn't really hear very much from Chris Commons <laughs> any longer. He, he honestly strikes me as a guy. Like, no harm to him, and I would love to have him on this podcast because he's a great Celtic player at a time. But there 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 is a comes a point where you, you read things like this and you think, doesn't he really watch Celtic? <laughs> no, he's, he, he's, he's a new Charlie Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. He, he, does, he doesn't really, he's not really across what's going on here. He just gets yeah. paid to, to write this call now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Three, two, one. Happy New Year from our friends at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. (laughs) Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in the the below-the-waist grooming have got you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. Let's have a toast for a new year, a new you, with no pubes. It's a new year, new balls with the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with a Performance Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find a signature Lawnmower 4.0. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. Cheers to new balls in 2023. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIMS time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped Stephen you were like oh is it five players we've signed and you know how much money we're selling we don't really know um, I think to be fully across how much money Celtic have spent and how many players have signed, <laughs> right. we need to pick the phone up to Michael Beale because <laughs> oh he is this obsession that the guy has um, he's it's mind-boggling to me. Just got on with the job, mate. He, he, this, this, he called Ange lucky, and then he sort of backed. Well, me and Ange are both lucky. You're not in the same league as Ange. No, there is no right. me and Ange. That that doesn't. That's not. That's not the conversation. The conversation is you and Rangers. And the, the, the amount of crap that's come out of this guy's mouth recently about Celtic is mind-boggling to me. And just about you know, he loves to inherit. He loves to to give this line. We inherited the nine-point gap. We didn't make it. Yeah, but you had a chance to reduce it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is that. You, you had the Ibrox. Yeah, you had. Right. You might not have inherited it, right? But you didn't fix it, and it's the same. And um, he made the comment about you know they've probably spent more in the last twelve months than me. Why? Why does this matter? What do you think? I mean, listen, listen. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring this rat infestation <laughs> in my house. Yeah. That was here when I moved in. I've not done in the bullet yeah. enough. I, but you're feeding them. <laughs> you're feeding the rats, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting the dog food for them. They're coming back. That's so, a balloon of a boy. Uh, so he is, man. But there, there must be motivation behind this because this thing about oh, they, they probably spent more in the last 12 months than me and Stephen did in three years. Right. Okay. But that's because we won more money. And that's how football works. You win more things, you get more prize money, you get to spend more. You spend that on good players, you turn them into bit. 
this is not like, it's not like somebody just handed Celtic a check to go and be better than Rangers. And the fact that he's sort of fessing up to it, the fact that he went, oh, well, when me and Stephen were in charge for the three year, we didn't bring in an awful lot of money. Right, good job. It, it, there's two things here. There's mm. two things that he probably doesn't realise he's doing here. One is by constantly saying that Rangers don't spend any real money on quality, he's outing himself as a cheap option manager. Yes. Oh, yes. 100% he is doing that, right? Yeah. It, we, we don't bring anything in good in, so <laughs> hence I am, <laughs> I am the manager. And he's also... There's no real reason that Rangers shouldn't be spending decent money on players either because they've sold players comparable to that of Celtic yeah. as well. We, we all heard all this stuff about how they'd sold Aribo, they'd sold Bassey, there are others, I think. Yeah. So where's that all going? All the Champions League stuff, all the Europa League run that got to the final, where, where's all that money gone? So stop moaning at Celtic for being able to spend money. Why don't you chase up your bosses and see why you can't? Well, you're going to have to ask them for money for... doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Melly, there must be... Do you think there's method behind this? Do you think this is mind game? Do you think he's trying to get under Ange's skin here? It's not going to work. It's ridiculous tactics from him. I think he's just very insecure that he's coming into a club who bang on about history and dignity and all that. And really, he's... Does, does he belong there? He probably feels, I kind of do, but I need to talk about Walter Smith and Bill Struff to make myself... I think, that's, I think it's insecurity, isn't it? it is, it's all that. And the last thing I would be doing if I was a manager of a big rival is highlighting how well my rival's doing. Mm. Like <laughs> Celtic spend a lot of money. I own good players because we sell good players for good money and bring in more good players. Michael Beale has had a chance at Rangers what for three and a half seasons to develop a lot of players. They only done it with two. Yeah. So they could have sold Aribo earlier. They could have sold Morelos. They could have sold Ryan Kent early and got money for them. But they chose not to. They've got one or two players they can hold up. But they signed a ton of players and none of them have went on apart from those two to bring in any money for Rangers. So have a look at yourself, Michael, and lay off Celtic. Just I, get I, down to winning games. Well, that's it. I think what's patently obvious here is that this stuff about I didn't inherit the gap, right? It's just, it's counterfactual because as I've already pointed out, he had an opportunity to shrink the gap. So it's you're carrying the can for the gap, Michael. I'm sorry, you're carrying the can for the nine points. And what it is, it's as clear as day. First day in the job, somebody sat him down and went, just remember you need to get the fans on side. That you, yeah. that you need to get the fans on side because that's what happened to Gio. The fans turned against him and we had to get rid of him. The key to this job isn't winning, isn't selling players for big money, it's keeping the fans on side. Staunch. Yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> being staunch. And every single word out that man's mouth ever since has been just things that Rangers fans want to hear. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is the latest one, calling Celtic manager lucky and all that. And it's really, really cringe. It reminds me of that Family Guy episode where Lois Griffin's running for mayor or whatever. <laughs> she just gets up and goes, 9-11 into the <laughs> microphone at all times. Yeah, that's basically what we're dealing with here. So that's enough about Michael Beale. We've got games to talk about. Uh, should we do the Effie Ambrose Derby first? Yeah, the world famous Effie Ambrose Derby has its known across the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I was... Look, I felt bad for Effie. That was calamitous from well, the guy. Well, well, that was Effie? Yeah, it was, it yeah. was. It, well, well, yeah. And in many ways, I found it quite comforting. Right? We'll go on to the penalty as well. But yeah. see, when Effie Ambrose was conceding a penalty and then shortly after he, he had a howler and dropped a clanger for a Kyogo's goal as well. Oh, I just found it quite, quite reassuring and not because I've got anything against F.A. Ambrose, mm. far from it. It's just, it was like getting home and putting on an old, an old hoodie. Yeah. Right? Just like, this is, <laughs> this is cozy watching this. Yeah. F, the more things change, the more they stay the same. F.A. Ambrose is still very much F.A. Ambrose and he's still putting in F.A. Ambrose performances. <laughs> it's been a long time since I, I, I feel like I've, 
feel like I, I bumped into an old friend and he was still exactly the same way. So yeah, entertaining. Um, we, uh, we we did have some rotation. So Chris Commons, mm. we, Chris Commons would have been happy, and we had rotation, some rotation in the St. Mirren game as well. Um, but I think we need to talk about uh, Kobayashi played in both games. I thought the guy looked very assured. He does. He looked very assured that he. Thank you. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect him to make his debut on Wednesday night there, yeah. but I thought Morton game was primed for him. But he came in and done a very good job. But in turn, made Starfield look very good as well because he's moved on to that sort of natural side. So it will be interesting to see when Carter Vickers is back, who drops out. Mm. I think it will be Kobayashi, but you can see why he's been bought. He he doesn't shrug a challenge. He's decent in there. He was up against Curtis Main in his debut. So that is a, a tough ask for MD. He's a guy that's been about Scottish football, knows what it's doing. So I think he done well. He's a big boy. He's his passing is very good. Yeah, I think he's very good on the ball, doesn't he? I think he's very, he's calm, mm. but I just don't want to see a bit more from him. I think he was a bit tentative sometimes, a wee bit, but that's understandable playing his first games at Celtic Park. Not the best opponents, but I think there'll be more to come from him uh, towards the end of the season. I think you can see, right, I could maybe see him being a defender for Celtic in the long term. So all good. We've had good debuts from players. We've had calamitous ones. He was right, up there towards a good debut. It didn't get tested too much. So it'll be interesting to see when he does get a test. But all good so far. Your thoughts on Yashas this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, early days, of course. It is. Mm. Um, if a guy had come in and played badly, what you would say is give him time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If so, if he comes in and plays well, we, we still need to apply the same logic. We need to see how he, how he settles in properly. But the, original, the initial signs are very good. Um, mm. He is exactly what I expected in that... What I would have expected an Ange defender to be to be brought in at this point in kind of phase two of yeah, the Ange yeah. revolution is to be comfortable on the ball, a good passer, and that's exactly what he looked like. Again, early days, so we, we will see how he develops into the team, but I'm pretty encouraged by what I've seen so far. I think it spells in for Jens, but it's Jens. Yes, yeah. it does, yeah. I don't, he's not been in the last couple of squads now, no. and even with the absence of Carter Vickers, Jens still isn't even in the squad. I think Welsh was back in, mm. he's back from injury. Jens, nowhere to be seen so I, I probably yeah I felt a bit for Morton because it was pretty clear and when we were re-watching the game Stephen touched on the point that it was a bit like watching Celtic in the Champions League every mistake was pounced upon they didn't yeah. really have much of a chance did they? No they didn't they got off to a fairly decent start they had, yeah. didn't have Celtic well they did have the better of the first couple of minutes Celtic got the pitching get a penalty mm. it was always going to be difficult for Morton getting off to that start and then been two goals down very quickly and it just shows that the the gap in quality and we sort of take it for granted sometimes don't we that look Celtic ah we should be doing better but you see when you're up against much better players even Morton set up well had a good start two mistakes and they're 2-0 down Mm. and even then one mistake it wasn't even a mistake for the penalty was it so we've mentioned the penalty a couple of times so we have to do it don't mind we need to do Super Vario World (laughs) so just are you going to do the theme tune Var Um, these uh, I mean what do you say I mean, what do you say about these that handball? I think that it's it bounces up and just hits. What can he do? I I don't know. It's. Do you think? Let me address something. Do you think that was us getting a soft penalty to shut us up about all these things that have gone on? So any time now that anything gets brought up about these penalties that have been discussed, 
I'm talking about the Rangers penalty statistic that was doing the rounds a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's now disappeared, and that argument's been replaced with the Celtic paranoia argument. But do you think there's any there's any weight in the argument that that was just given to us to shut us up? So if we ever bring this penalty thing up again, they go look you benefit from one against Morton. I hope not. I hope not because that would be silly. That would be. Mm. It would make things worse if we were if we were getting dodgy penalties just to shut up. That doesn't fix anything. That just you know takes the heat off slightly, which mm. fixes absolutely nothing. Yeah. The, the problems are still there. What I think happened there is that. Kevin Clancy has come over to watch this on VAR, having been fed information for ages, it felt like, yeah. um, and watched it. And I think, well, I can only get, hopefully give him the benefit of the doubt by saying, I reckon he probably thought he had no choice but to give that because of the position of F.A. Ambrose's arm, regardless of whether it was deliberate or not. His arm did come out from his body. It's just in the act of movement. And yeah. this is where this subjective nonsense rule comes in yet again. Has he moved deliberately? Has he just moved because of momentum, biomechanics, the yeah. old Mikey Stewart favourite and all that? Impossible to say. It looked fairly natural to me, but I wonder if there's just something in the rules, and God knows we've read it out so many times, where it suggests that if your arm comes out to here, and for the benefit of <laughs> audio listeners only, I'm raising my arm just out yeah, to my side. About a 30-odd degree angle. Yeah, right. So if it comes out to there, then <laughs> it has to be a penalty because it is away from your body. I reckon he's probably just looked at that and thought, oh Christ, I need to give this. Yeah, I mean, Because there's... see, if he hadn't given it right, yeah. maybe, maybe he is then left with an explanation to be made why did you not give that? Because the, his arm is in an unnatural position. It's away from his body. Or like, he, maybe he gets dragged in in front of Hugh Dallas, who we all know secretly runs this yeah. stuff, <laughs> and is made to explain why he didn't give it. So he's he's left right, he's left watching the screen, thinking, "Oh no, I need to give that." And, and that's I'm, well, that's the basis for a conspiracy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, because the the problem we've got with these handballs is Sports Sound not two weeks ago. Um, what was his name? Crawford. Crawford Allen. He was on. He was on Sports Sound saying, you know, there has been an admission that, you know, we have to look at the handball thing and yada, yada, yada. Basically saying a line was drawn in the handball discussion during the World Cup and you're not going to see the Matt O'Reilly thing anymore. You're right. not going to see that anymore. And basically saying the defence for Goldson was, you know, yes, that would have been given some weeks ago, but now we've had a look at it and that, we would, that wouldn't be given as a penalty anymore. That was basically right. the sort of what was understood for the conversation. But then we see that given against F.A. Ambrose and we're back to the Burnley. That's for me is up there with Burnaby. That's up there with Matt O'Reilly. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's that level of decision that I thought we weren't going to see anymore. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not being dramatic, right? S sack every ref in this country. <laughs> sack them all. They're crap. And, and even the guys that are at the top, they all need to go because we are the paying customers and we don't know the handball rule and it's not just us no. being on a podcast. It's true. It's every pundit Every journalist, it's the, the handball rule, right? Must be a secret written inside <laughs> a, a safe, buried underground, a scroll. on a scroll somewhere. <laughs> like, to read it, you have to do the Indiana Jones things where you pull it off and put something else down. Because <laughs> nobody knows. Somebody must know, but nobody watching the game knows. And while we're on the subject of our St. Mirren game, there was two offside, both goals chopped off for offside during the St. Mirren game. Both correct calls, right? But for one goal that was chopped off, up on the screen, the, the, the person at the stadium Now I don't know if this is to do with Celtic or the SFA Or both right But on the screen we were showing the offside decision And it was wrong That's perfect Because see when you're waiting like you say for six, seven, five, four minutes To get a decision and everyone's making up their own mind By the time the decision's made Everyone in the stadium has made their own mind up Whether or not it was offside right So you're just getting 
50,000 pissed off people sitting waiting for a decision, right? But for the second goal, they didn't show the graphic. So they just continued. And that's like me saying to you, Stephen, Stephen, can you go check if the fajitas are ready? And you get up off that chair and you walk into the kitchen, you come back and you sit down and you just do this. I'm, I'm on tenor, going to tell me if the fajitas <laughs> are ready. Going to let us know. Like they're checking things and they're showing you sometimes and they're not showing you. And they need to, I think, Melly do the same with the handball rule. They need to come out and say, that was a handball because. There's no reason why they cannot do it. No reason at all. No, well, I was on Sportsroom, wasn't it, where, was it Crawford, Allen, or Kenny Clark, whichever one, couldn't mm. comment on certain things, mm. and now somebody else is on, one of the two is on, talking about certain things, so, yeah. right, you can't talk about it, you can talk about it, and look, it's the same as we said when VAR was coming in, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference, because blindness, the referees aren't very good at their job, and... It's not good enough anymore. We can go on and on about it and say, look, sack them all. But something has to start happening now for mm. this to get better in the long term because giving them VAR hasn't improved them in the slightest. In fact, it's, it's got amazing. worse yeah. and it's shown them to be what they are, mm. incompetent at their jobs. You can go on about conspiracies. You can go on about them being biased. Whatever it is, they are terrible at their jobs, whatever way you look at it. So let's start fixing it now. We're not going to fix these referees let's start fixing ones after that because it's going to be a long, long time before we get this sorted unless we start now. And we're going to be sitting here every week going over this because these referees do not have a we, clue. We've even got a jingle. Doing. We've yep. even had to make a jingle for it. But Stephen, it's not just us sitting here as, as you know fans or podcasters, whatever you want to call it. It's every player, every manager. I think it was Dougie Emery came out after the game and said it's killing the game. Every man, every single person thinks this is an awful idea, specifically as it relates to the handball rule, except the referees. Yeah, and if it wasn't already clear, this is a Celtic penalty we are talking about. Yeah. Look how we are talking about the award of a Celtic penalty, about how disappointing it is and how it's ruining football and all that. As I, as I said um, last week about the the Kyogo goal, or the Maida goal, sorry, for mm. Kyogo was offside because his heel was slightly raised off the ground. With this stuff, we get further and further away from realising what this was brought in to do in the first place. It's supposed to improve the game. How clear and obvious. Th- yeah, clear, exactly. Clear and obvious. We have lost sight of what this is, of what it seeks to do, mm. and that's to get decisions right, yes, but it's supposed to improve football in some way or other, and it's, <laughs> it's the complete opposite. Do you think it's been, do you think VAR in Scotland has been basically a disaster? <laughs> so far, yeah. Unmitigated Aye. disaster, yeah. I've, I don't think there's any, like, almost daily now, I wake up to, kind of slightly clickbait headline saying VAR it needs torn up to just get mm. rid of it it's ruining football that's not going to happen and I think if it, in fact if it was to happen it would be embarrassing as well because we yeah, would have been the only country yeah. that's have to do that so I don't it's not going away anytime soon unless we just decide we are complete we're such a tin pot shithole we have to get rid of it's it the, it's the okay so if I was being fair to VAR I would I mean even in the thought process I come up with this I'd be like well, if I was fair to VAR Melly I'd say it's helped the linesman, right? Because now we know whether something's online or offside or not. But we've still got this bizarre position where when a goal scored, the linesman still flags to say, I think that's offside, even though it gets checked. And we're also in a bizarre position yeah. where so when something's patently offside and every single person can see it, it just, the play goes on. So the kind of linesman VAR dynamic doesn't really work at the moment as far as I'm concerned. Because again, during the St Mirren game, I think the linesman flagged for one of the goals is offside and then it turned out it did count so he got that call wrong and it was corrected by VAR and all that's left there is you've got the linesman looking like an idiot on the side on the side of the, the pitch yeah but I think the, the linesmen have to do that don't they they have to give a decision either way and 
I kind of get that. It is frustrating when that guy's offside, but the linesman has to wait until the very end to do it. That is frustrating, but it's probably the right way to go about it. If we do a wee round table thing again, mm. like, did you think VART would be this disastrous, Jamie? Honestly, uh, I think to be fair to me, I have been saying for a long time, all that VAR was going to do was show up how bad the rest are going to be. And I, I, I think... I didn't think it was going to be this disastrous, but I, uh, I honestly thought, I mean, how long have we had it now? Months? <laughs> November. <laughs> We've had it since November, but they've been... <laughs> really? Right, oh, but they've been practising on it for for months. Aye, they were and, so confident about it, they brought, brought it forward. Right? Remember, they brought it forward. It was supposed to be after the World Cup. I mean, so no, I don't think anyone could have anticipated it would be this bad. And I don't think, honestly... I know we're like we're like quite irreverent in this podcast. I don't think we're blown out of proportion. No, like something tells no. me I don't think we're blown this out of proportion because when I'm watching football and then we watch the game, so when you're at the game and then you watch it back and then you listen to the other like sort of sports BBC podcasts and then you do a bit of reading on it, it's unanimous yeah, across yeah, the board. Right. Every single person talking about Scottish football in any capacity, whether you're at the top of the tree, the best in the game like us, or you're down like the BBC at the bottom, there is... <laughs> There is nobody that understands what the hell is going on. Yeah, and and it's a it's a worthy point to make as well because all along we are always facing accusations of only moaning because we don't get decisions mm. and all that. And we've been saying all along as well, just you wait, just <laughs> you wait until it gets you, just yeah. wait until it bites you in the ass as well. It's not about Celtic, it's not about Rangers either. Well, most of the time it <laughs> seems to be that case, but it's this is for everyone. This is Green at Morton. Poor Green at Morton, yeah. I've just been I've just been stiffed there. Not that we've made a, a great deal of difference in the grand scheme of things, but that doesn't mean that, that we don't talk about these things. Just because it was one goal and a five 0 defeat doesn't mean it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because these we're are, fighting the good fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's the same people. It's the same people who are going to be making decisions mm. for you, for you, whoever you <laughs> support. For all the angry Rangers fans who would like to watch yeah. this podcast and comment on it. Um, right, that's the that's the end of our. We've made our oh. mind up. It's it's. Let's get on to more positive matters. The penalty was scored by Aaron Moy, who has been sensational recently. Melee. Oh, yes. Uh, be brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's adding goals to his game, just the complete midfielder now. He, as you said earlier, Jamie, played lately with slippers on, just yeah. a five-a-side knock in the park. Just looked a cut above everybody in that midfield. Should have got man of the match. I thought uh, Kyogo got it, despite only sure playing it, I'm sure some, Aye. Uh, but... If, Look, if he keeps up this, I think he's going to be up for one of the most prestigious awards in uh, football. Oh, so, yeah. uh, the Tony Ralston Award for... The end of uh, season 20 yeah. minutes in, Tony Ralston, most improved player. Oh, unex- uh, award for unexpected excellence. Yeah, because yeah, well. we, we kind of doubted him when he came in, didn't know what the script was going to be, but he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant, bar that one St Mirren game, and he's going from strength to strength now that he's in there. And I'm just looking at him going, you are part of Celtic's midfield, a Celtic midfield which is very good as well. Yeah. So I think... What we're seeing from him is brilliant. And I kind of feel like there's more to come from him as well. I'm sure about the 32 minute mark, he sparked a Hamlet in midfield. <laughs> there is it. Have you seen the picture of him smoking? <laughs> he took it a Hamlet and just. It's great old school, isn't it? A bald footballer that also <laughs> smokes. It's something about 70s about that and or something. I got, see, when we first signed Aaron Moy, everyone was kind of like lukewarm on it. And, and then it's, it's transpired that he's a, he's a terrific player. But I've gone full circle. I'm now at the point where I'm like, Christ, he's thirty-two. I wish he, I wish we'd signed them two years ago. <laughs> I wish he was twenty-eight. Ah, yeah. I wish we'd. I wish he was younger, man. Because <laughs> I, I just, I, I just love watching him play. Ah, he could have had a hat trick the weekend. Mm. So I hit the post. If anything, that was 
I don't know how it didn't go in because yeah, he just kind of clipped that across. It hit the inside of the post and trickled all the way along. So it could have been a hat trick performance for him. So I mean, you're looking at him, Stephen. You're like goals, yeah, yeah. assists, only scores braces as well yeah. at this point. Penalties, passing. Is there anything Aaron Moy can't do? Yes, post match interviews. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> for God's sake, stop asking the poor guy questions. He hates it. Absolutely hates it. I've never seen him quite like it. Oh I don't think God. I've ever seen a footballer, and I really, he's not like he's. He's like been thrust out there as mm. a 16 year old and he's sitting there all shy and all that. He's 32. He's not going to get any better. This. <laughs> I've, never, it, I've never seen anyone more uncomfortable with having a microphone shoved in his face. I've never seen him like it. Aaron, we won the battle with Greg Taylor <laughs> and now we're going to win the battle with you. Turn on your Instagram comments. Let us comment on your Instagram. Let us tell us how much you love me. It'll be worth it. <laughs> no, how much we love you. How much we love you. Ask Greg. Ask him uh, in the dressing room. Resistance is futile. Yeah. We will win this. We will win this. Get the Instagram comments turned on, Aaron Moy. Speak to Greg Taylor. He's never looked back. Sorry, Stephen. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, where was it? Oh, no, no, guys, bro. That's right. it. Full stop. I, he's been... He's been great. They're one of the most influential players in the team just now. If not the most influential players in the team. Everything just seems to tick through him. It's not like this, like kind of ball of energy in midfield or anything. It just—it's the opposite. He's just so calm. He just—he just loans the ball out. Yeah, here you have that for a couple minutes. Like, give it, give it back, give it back. I just controlling absolutely everything just now. And what a what a breath of fresh air he's been for this team. We he came into the club and yeah, we've had the discussion recently or all along about how lukewarm we were on the signing, mm. but it's because we wrongly perceived that he was going to be the, another James McCarthy just yeah. coming in here and just mm. taking up a place Find in the him. squad yeah, as a, a backup to Callum McGregor and all that nothing could be further from the truth and you'd be hard pushed to find reasons to take him out of the team just mm. now other than the fact that he's 32 and will be probably rotated in and out where possible but one of the first names in the team sheet just now and it makes you think like Awata's going to have to fight for his place isn't he another debutant this week if Aaron Moy's doing well still got Matt O'Reilly there who some people think he's not doing well. Some people dig out the stats and tell you that he is doing very well. I personally think his performance is a wee bit short of where we've seen Matt mm. O'Reilly in the past. Uh, Callum McGregor. Uh, we've still got Idiguchi. <laughs> uh, we've still got Idiguchi yeah. in there. Um, do you think Iwata's going to have to really fight for his place? Or I do think, you think he's going to struggle to get game time? Um, I don't know about struggle. I think, I think he's always going to struggle because yeah. he's up against Callum McGregor. He's a Celtic captain and probably Celtic's best player as well. He's the most influential player, so game time might be hard for him to come about. But like Celtic, I've got five subs. They handily win games fairly early on, so there will be time for him to get game time between now and the end of the season. The biggest compliment I can pay Wata would be once Cal McGregor went off, was against Morton. Yeah. Nothing much changed for Celtic. Me and Lewis, uh, Lewis spoke about it after the match. Very neat and tidy, always available for the ball. Big unit of a boy sitting there at number six. He, he has all the sort of attributes you'd want for that sort of player it's just whether he can bring it to Scotland and in that first look despite it being Morton he looked very good so I don't have many concerns over him guys like Idiguchi there was like right where's he going to play what is he I think with Awata in the short time we've seen him he can see what he brings Callum McGregor is the main man but there will be times when he can play it's funny because this is something I've picked up on with a lot of the signings recently but especially the, the Japanese boys that have come in um, Awata and uh, Kobayashi and even people at Yakimakis were saying it they go this guy's a unit look at the shape this guy's in and whilst it's true they are in good shape part of me is also like yeah but I just think that's what footballers are supposed to look like a lot <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, time yeah. We're used, in Scotland, I know we're aye. used to looking at guys like James Forrest uh, uh, who, I mean they look as if they've maybe missed the last update and then this is like the new the new model footballer coming in yeah, you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> I, 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 I don't, 
even earlier days than Kobayashi. He's, he's, he's played even less mm. than him. So Difficult to judge against a, an opponent of that standard, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, of course. But what I did like about him, what applies across the board rather than about this specific opposition, is that he came in and whether it's one of his attributes or whether it's just big debut occasion, but he came in and he was very vocal. Very yeah. communicative. Mm. Uh, he gave, he addressed the fans in English when he was unveiled at halftime in a, a recent game. It's as important well. to you, is it that he speaks English? Yeah, Stephen? yeah. If he's going to come here to our country, <laughs> speak our language, and, and take one of our guys' jobs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's take one of his own job. The good cheese out. Oh, so he is. Yeah. I know. So yeah, speak English, mate. Come here and speak <laughs> Scottish. No, it's but he's obviously he, that's not going to be a problem for mm. him. He's not. He, he's obviously gets a certain command of English. So but what he came on is he was communicating with his teammates not afraid to tell people where they should be and yeah. where they should pass to and all that that's that's all good stuff that's all very encouraging so again whether it's just you know, I, I want to impress here I want to kind of everything, all eyes are on me so let's let's get involved I think but uh, encouraging sign so far but again extremely early days yeah, look, Celtic's midfield is looking a bit bloated, but the sort of six main guys in there, look, Carl McGregor will always be there, Hitati, Moy, Turnbull's got two goals in a week and even um, Iwata coming in Celtic have got six really good options in there Matt O'Reilly I feel is going to come back into form he is still just not getting goals right now everything else is doing well so when you look at Celtic's options in there if one drops out there's one or two good players who could easily slot in so that bit of the squad's looking good it is the end for McCarthy Abelgaard and Idiguchi but he's not been in a squad recently at all so yeah long gone Celtic they could sort of trim a bit of fat this uh, window couldn't they with him I think McCarthy won't be going anywhere but Idiguchi Abelgaard Jens probably say to them look guys thanks for the service but it's not quite worked out for you and that's it thank you so much to everyone who watches and listens support us on Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute times you can get involved in loads of stuff extra content and you can even get involved in the Discord which is the best Celtic community online see you next week Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.